Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Esteemed listeners of Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal we welcome you to our spiritual breakfast. This is our interview segment, and it is with uh, today we have Haji Abdul Hamid Sahab. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. It's been a few sessions now we've had and Haji Sab comes into the studio with us. So alhamdulillah, let's welcome Haji Sab. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. for inviting me. And assalamu alaikum to the team here at Marcus Sahaba. And assalamu alaikum to all the listeners. Continue with the journey, Mama. We continue with Haji Sab's journey. If, if it's your first uh, session that you are joining us with, um, then just to give you a briefing, um, Haji Sab's daughter was born blind. And mashallah, we've taken so many lessons over the past few sessions that how to be positive as a parent, how she was so positive herself, and how she then goes on. She becomes an alima. She becomes, was it Hafidah too? Hafida also, look at that. Hafida also, and all this learned to, uh, through Braille and not knowing anything. Last week's, uh, the previous session, in fact, what we learned there, and I remember this, her teacher did not know Arabic Braille. Her teacher taught her English Braille. She learned English Braille. Through that English Braille, she goes and learns Arabic Braille, and then she teaches others. And this is how she learns the Quran Sharif, all of this. So subhanAllah, this is a great, great service. Look how Allah uses this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, Sometimes you dislike something, but it's actually good for you. So Ajisab, let's continue this journey and you can mention to us. And I think we'll start off by a few people which Ajisab wants to thank on air. And this is part of Deen, that if you have not shown Great gratitude to people. You have not shown gratitude to Allah Azawajal. Jazakallah Mawlana. Continue the story. Before I forget, there is one person that contacted me lately and that is as a result of the interviews that we've been doing here. This person has um, a son a baby who is totally blind and they contacted me and they want further information. Alhamdulillah, the gentleman came home. We have met, we have discussed the way forward and he's greatly inspired uh, with the story that I told him. And all arising out of that also is his wife is a revert. So now she, from this, uh, discussing all these points, he realized that my wife, my daughter will be able to teach him. And now he wants to enroll his wife with my daughter to learn the deen, to ba- learn the basics of Islam. Alhamdulillah, as we always say, So arising out of these interviews is this situation where this woman is coming to learn the deen. Continue with the journey. Many people have assisted us over the years. When we went from, before we went from Johannesburg to Petermarsburg, before we relocated, we had already realized that Aparizia is blind and that one day we will have to go to school. And the only school at that time is in 
Peter Mazberg for Indian Blind Children. So, I was in the shop with my daddy, and uh, a woman, now we bear in mind that I know that I have to go to, go to Peter Mazberg, not knowing where to go, where we're going to stay, all these questions were going through my mind, and it was really troubling me. And on this particular day, I'm standing outside the shop, and there's a woman going past there, and she's pushing a pram. I happened to look at the baby in the pram, and I realized that something's wrong with the baby. As she's coming in now, I asked her, is it okay? Can I speak to you? Can I tell you something? I hope you don't mind. So she said, no, 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 you can tell me. I said, I'm looking at your daughter and I realize that there is a problem with your eyes, with her baby's eyes. There's a problem. Mm. Now I've become the, suddenly I've become the expert. Mm. The doctor. <laughs> the doctor. I have no idea what is going on. And I asked her, uh, do you realize? So she says, I do know Here are some details. And we started talking. And she says that her daughter is totally blind. Mm. And from one thing to the other, we started talking about my daughter. And then, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to go to school. We're going to take her to Peter Marisburg. And she asked me, where are you going to stay? She. Where are you going to stay? I said, we have no idea, but we're going to Peter Marisburg. She says, you know what? Keep, take these details, speak to my father. Her father is in Peter Masberg in Loop Street, and he'll put you up. Gee. Molana, this lady gave me the address of the father, and he's living in Loop Street, and when we went there, they accommodated us there in their outbuilding. Mm. And we stayed there for a week until we found ourselves a a place to stay ourselves. This person went to the extent that all meals were provided. Razia Appa started school and madrasa from that house. From that house. Daily they used to pack lunch for her, give it to her, and we go to school. This is coming from Allah Ta'ala. And the person that did this is Haji Ibrahim Ishaq the father of Qari Ayub Ishaq. Mm. We stayed in that house, had all meals there. And, oh, I can remember one thing. The time when we went, it was blistering hot, blistering. We didn't know what to do. That was one person that I forgot to mention. He put us up there and Aparazia started school and madrasa from that house. Another family that we need to talk about is uh, Hafiz Qasim Park. Hafiz Qasim Park is Khalifa of uh, Haji Farouk. Hmm. Haji Farouk, Khalifa of Molana Masirla. And go, the chain goes up. Chain. So Haji Farouk is... Uh, no, Hafiz Qasim Park is bad to him. So we... Uh, 
Molana Mirchi, I don't know if you remember, I talked about Molana Mirchi. He introduced me and we went from place to place and there was always a program here, Majlis there, and we, he used to take me. And in that way, I got introduced into this aspect of self-reformation. Mm. And we got into contact with Hafiz Qasim, but he was having Majlis there, Hafiz, at uh, that time, Molana Farouk was still alive, and he was having a majlis. We went there, and we started. Listen to the talk there, and I, every time we went, we went as a family. Gee. We always went as a family. I never went alone. And eventually, we started attending Hafiz Qasim Parak's majlis. Every Friday night, for years upon years, we used to attend the majlis there. So we all three had taken bed to Hafiz Qasim Parak. Mm. And his house and his family, especially his mother, Marhum, Marhuma, she saw to our needs. If we were not in Lens when we, it was Eid time, if it was a, a weekend, we would be here in Lens to spend Eid with our family. But if it was midweek, if it was midweek and it was not possible for me to come here, we, we would be invited to spend Eid there at that house. From the morning, after Eid namaz, right through till after Isha namaz, mm. the whole day would be spent there. All meals, everything, and they saw to us, and they were our family. We'd like to place on record, record, uh, on record the contribution that they made towards our development also. Her then, Mulan Eumasis, where I talked about this young father that has contacted me, he's got a son that is totally blind, and he wants to know what to do. Gee. And with that also, from talking to him, he, he realized that my wife, my, my daughter will be able to teach his wife. My daughter will teach his wife. His wife is a revert. Mm. So now arrangements are being made, and she, the wife, will be coming to my daughter for lessons on Dean. This was recently. Just he came here on Saturday. He came to visit us on Saturday, and mm. now we, he'll be contacting us when she can start. Mm. The baby can't start. I mean, he's still ten months old, but inshallah, Allah make a road easy for them. So this should also inspire a lot of, um, because women are always looking to see what they can do from the house. And this is should inspire other women too, that there's a person who is teaching. And it's not necessarily that you have to be in that situation, but probably you have people around you. Or it's something just good to know always to teach others. So alhamdulillah, here's an opportunity too. Jazakallah Arising from the last discussion, I thought we need to talk about diabetes again. It's a very common disease. It's prevalent amongst the Indian group. Mm. It's very common amongst Indian people, Indian people and African people. Is this because of what we eat? or? Yeah, most probably, but it's also hereditary. I am a diabetic and I inherited it from my father. Mm. And my daughter, Aparazi, has inherited it from me. So the chain continues. Diabetes is a silent killer, as we explained last time. Now, why are we talking? We did mention this the last time, but we need to explain again the precautions that need to be taken. The Indian population 
meaning all of us here, has the highest incidence of diabetes in, in South Africa. The in, and also the complications of diabetes is such that it places a burden on the society. The whole healthcare system is placed with a burden because of so many people with diabetes. And also, in the long run, diabetes affects the kidneys, then causes renal failure, causes heart failure, leading to brain uh, heart attacks. It causes brain attacks, causing strokes, leading to blindness. All estimated within this period of 30 years after being diagnosed as a diabetic. What happens in this case of diabetes is there's ocular blindness and which leads to blurring of vision. And it so often happens that this loss of vision is painless. No, I'm okay. I'm all right. It's just a little bit blurred. But you don't realize this. The damage is being done. Go and have it attended to. Because it's in the long run, it's going to lead to loss of vision. Mm. Loss of vision. And that is not repairable. What happens is the, the lens gets swollen up due to high glucose levels. In your body, because of diabetes, there's a high level of glucose resulting in short-sightedness. Now, I can only see what is near me. Eventually, opacities in the lens, which are categorical changes, start now the changes start happening. Changes happen in the retina which result from the damage to the vessels, causing them to leak or to close up. The vessel starts closing up. 60% or more of the patients who have this develop retinopathy. We talked about it previously after 15 years of diabetes. If you've got diabetes now, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're reaching stages of danger. We talked about retinopathy last time. Now, there are methods of treating it. There are methods of treating it in the early stages. Rigorous control, rigorous, I mean absolutely rigorous control of blood glucose. Check your blood, uh, check your glucose levels regularly and go on a strict diet. And there's tablets and there's insulin. If you, do, if you very ha have a high level of glucose, it is going to lead to all these complement complications. Retinal complications can be treated with laser. Today, there's more and more sophisticated equipment that can be helped to, helped to use to treat this. All too I, uh, often, these eye specialists see a patient. You now go to the doctor, but at that stage, it's too late. Mm. You go to the doctor, it's too late. And if there's one message that can go out to all the people out there, is have your eyes tested regularly. Have it tested regularly. And if you are a di confirmed diabetic, go on to treatment. Control your diet. Take your medication. And if you're on insulin, do it regularly. 
That was one that we needed to talk about. Another one was glaucoma. Glaucoma is also a very common disease. Now, if I can find it here. What is it? Now, glaucoma is also very common amongst our people, especially the elder people. It's a pressure building up in the eye, which can cause progressive loss of vision. Progressive. Slowly, it is happening. And eventually, it leads to complete blindness. Who gets glaucoma? Anyone can get it. But people, especially over the age of 45, and relatives of those who have already had glaucoma, are likely or prone to get it. So in other words, it is a hereditary condition. Can it be prevented? Yes. Go to the doctor. Go to your eye specialist. Go to your ophthalmologist who would measure this intraocular pressure and diagnose it and take you forward from there. What are the symptoms? Unfortunately, there are many, uh, very few symptoms and occasional certain types of glaucoma can cause pain in the eyes or blurred vision. I mean, telling you something is not right. A doctor always told us, if pain is not there, you won't know that you're sick. Pain is necessary. Allah Allah's way of telling you things are not right. If you've got a, a headache, something is wrong. If your stomach is paining, something is wrong. Mm. Then, how is it treated? In most cases, it is treated with uh, medication. If it is not successful, if medication is successful, then they're talking of surgery. The later the diagnosis, the worse the prognosis. The same what we said about diabetes, the later you discover it, the worse it is. Prevent the effects of glaucoma. Have a complete glaucoma examination and follow the advice of your doctor. Jazakallah for that, Mulana. Now, one person that we need to talk about is <coughs> a person by the name of Donnelly. While we were in Peter Marisburg, and um, this doctor and ophthalmologist used to come to our school and regularly treat a group, 20 children. Mm -hmm. Now, in our school, there's a number of children with different eye conditions. And he would then, uh, and our school would transport the children to his surgery, and he would examine and diagnose the children's eye conditions and proceed forward from there. All this gratis. All this gratis. When we were there, when my daughter started with us, severe pains in the eye, we realized we needed to go to an ophthalmologist, and a name that automatically came to mind is the same Dr. Donnelly. He is an Italian doctor. He's an Italian doctor, and he diagnosed the our aparesia, and from stage to stage to stage, eventually the, the left eye was eviscerated. Mm. The procedure is called evisceration, where the 
the gel from the front of the eye was removed. Not the socket, the gel from the front of the eye was removed. And after that, he, together with the Durban University of Technology, created an, a prosthesis. First, they put a coral implant made out of coral, coral from the sea. They put that inside the eye. They measure everything and put it inside the eye. And then they create this eye, the prosthetic eye, and they fit it into the uh, into the socket. It fits in, it's got a little peg that goes inside. So if that eye moves, remember the veins are still working, mm. nerves are still working. If the eye moves to the right, that eye also moves. It goes this way, it moves upward, mm. it goes downward. Amazing mm. technology. Huh? And then this doctor did all this. And after some time, when I check my medical aid statements, I notice his name is not there. Hmm. His name is not there. Hmm. I inquired, I inquired from the secretary there in his offices, what's happening? You better speak to the doctor. I'm not aware of this. When I spoke to him, he says, in other words, it was Fisabilila. All these treatments, four times a year we would go to him regularly, an Italian doctor that did that all. We're still in contact. Aparazia is having major problems now with the good eye. The one eye is now sorted out. Now the good eye, which is also a blind eye, which is the right eye, is ha we're having severe problems with that. She's going to severe pain again. Our appointment is tomorrow. Make dua that everything goes well inshallah. tomorrow, inshallah. We're not going to Dr. Donald. He's now retired. He's in Cape Town. Okay. But we are in regular contact with him in, or by phone, and he tells us what to do. He is actually suggesting that we go forward from here, that they're going to be injecting the eye again tomorrow. Mm. Another injection. So, Mulan, make dua. Inshallah. And there's a, when we talk of a blindness, there's a number of losses that take place. There are a number of losses. <clears throat> number one, psychological security. It affects the blind person psychologically. In other words, there's psychological insecurity. It leads to confidence in the remaining senses. Loss of confidence in the remaining senses. Did I hear correctly? Although everything is sharper, your hearing becomes sharper, your sense of taste becomes sharper, sense of smell becomes sharper, but you have a loss of security in that. And as a result of your blindness, there's loss of security with the actual environment. Mm. You're not in contact with the environment. You're not really sure where you are. These are the losses that the blind person goes through. My daughter has a habit. From the time she was a baby, she used to come into a, any room or wherever it is, a new environment, and she would make a sound, tuck, tuck, tuck. And I know she's listening to the program now, <laughs> and she must be smiling because she used to make that sound. What she's doing is she's measuring the sound, no, the length of the room, the breadth of the room, the size of the room. By making that sound, oh. it bounces back, and she's able to detect how big or how small it is. Mm. Nowadays, she doesn't make the tuck sound. It is 
Assalamu alaikum. Wherever she is, Assalamu alaikum. Mommy, Assalamu alaikum. Daddy, Assalamu alaikum. She is testing where we are. Mm. Now she's checking on the environment. Mm. And b- you don't realize it. You're making salam. And that in itself is a form of uh, ibadat. True. So then, I know it's coming close to time for your news. You there's still a minute. you got a minute. Sure. Then there's a loss of visual background. Because you don't see anything, you don't know where you are, you don't know, you have absolutely no idea what is going. So that you're depending on the next person to talk to you, to talk to you, to talk to you, to talk to you all the time. And... Loss of light security. Now, amazing. Although my daughter is totally blind, she does have this perception of light. Mm. Light perception. She's able to tend night from day. Mm. Well, we can stop there. There's still a lot to talk about. <laughs> There's always, it's definitely, we're always learning something new every week. And mashallah, yeah. it just gets more and more interesting. Yeah, yeah. While you're speaking, I must say also there's this brother from Marlboro. His name is Brother Muhammad Abed. Now, he lost his eyesight because of an accident. And a few times, he just left us in amazement. I mean, when the Jamaats come, I recall this, we went out in Jamaat once when I was still staying in Marlboro. And he was the, the rehber, the guide of the Jamaat. And he tells you exactly, if the car goes beyond a certain house, you'll say, reverse a little bit back, mm. this is the house. And we think, but how does he know this? So then once we went also, he's, we had to collect the money. And you put the money in your topi and you all collect and see. So he's counting it. So I took out 20 ren and I didn't tell him. And I said, here's the money, let's see. And now here's the money. He's, he counts it. And then he says, but hey, there's 20 ren missing here. Because according to the brothers that are there, so each had to put 20 ren. So I said, but how do you know this? So he said, and that's what, exactly what he said. He said, Allah Zawajal makes your other senses so much sharper that it assists you with all of these things. So there's so many other incidents also, but mashallah, we're always learning something new and we appreciate it. We make dua also, each and every listener, give out sadaqah, make dua for Appa also that inshallah everything goes well. And this is what it is. Al-Mu'minuna karajulin wahidin. The Mu'minin, they are like one body. So when there's a pain in any Muslim, in any Palestine, wherever it is, we always feel it together. And inshallah, we assist one another too. So, Haji Abdul Hamid, Jazakumullah khairan for your time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.